This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Beta. Our podcast, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, Nilam. Nilam is a native of Poland who now lives in New Mexico and has been giving satsang internationally since 1996. She is a direct disciple of uh, Papaji, who was uh, first awakened at the age of eight during a spontaneous samadhi experience. Uh, she is uh, well-known and highly recommended as a spiritual teacher to us. So, uh, Neelam, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on with us today. Sure. Happy to do it. Okay. We had quite an adventure getting this set up, didn't we? And <laughs> here we are. Uh, <laughs> Neelam, um, maybe we could fill in our listeners on uh, your background and how you came to the spiritual teaching that you do. You, you uh, grew up in Poland, um, and there were some interesting experiences along the way that um, got you to India and the ashram of H.W.L. Punja, um, a, who's also known as Papaji. Maybe you can give us a quick uh, summary of the background. Well, just very, very briefly, because, you know, that's a long, long story, really. But I was already living here in the United States um, when uh, I was involved some, with some other with some other teachers and some other teachings, and in particularly with Mother Mira before before mm. meeting this lineage. And as a result of that, I would spend really long time sitting in bliss, in blissful meditation. I would experience tremendous bliss and. And yet, when I would get up from meditation, which sometimes was hours and hours and hours of just blissful sitting, I would experience extreme pain and suffering. And eventually, you know, I remember one time just lying down and really that desire arose within me. I want to find somebody who is going to show me what is beyond this. What is beyond this dichotomy of, you know, bliss and suffering, bliss and suffering, right? And so very quickly after that, I found myself in satsang. First, a flyer just arrived in my house, you know, the way it happens. It was a satsang. Never heard about satsang, you know, never, you know, uh, in that way. Um, uh, it was a satsang with Gangaji, and she was a Western woman, and... She used to travel back then, uh, spend like a longer time in one place. And so, long story short, I thought, oh, yeah, very interesting. She didn't, you know, she didn't spend her life in an ashram somewhere or a monastery. You know, she's just a Western woman. Interesting. So uh, I went to her. I went to her satsang, and that was so overpowering, you know, the love that I experienced when I went there. Um that I basically didn't come back for a few days. And then I came back, and when I came back, my mind just dropped, and I experienced this amazing, just uh, really indescribable dropping of the mind and just being and just unfolding. And eventually I have written her a letter about this, and she invited me to sit with her and read it. And it was very powerful, you know, seeing the oneness and, and, and love and throughout of the satsang, though, when I was sitting there, uh, you know, at some point I saw Papaji's picture. 
even though she always had that picture there, of course, but at some point it became apparent to me that this is, that Papaji is my teacher and that I have to go to India. And so, you know, I remember some people saying to me, oh, why do you need to go to India? You got it, you know, you were so blissful to even sitting with you. And, and yet I knew that there's still some, you know, attachment, you know, something, there's still something there. And so within, you know, six months, I was in India with Papaji. And um, Papaji came in a dream uh, when I was still, you know, on the way there. He came in a dream because I was thinking, oh, shall I go or not go or what's going to happen? And he came in a dream and he gave me a yellow rose and he said, cut through the dream. What was, say that again? He said what? Cut through the dream. He said cut. Cut to the dream, the, okay. Through the dream. Hmm. So, you know, that's why I knew, like, of course, you know, and I was in India with him. And again, long story short, because I was there five months the first time I went, and, um, you know, in the beginning, I was still not, not even realizing very much in my own little arrogance, you know, of, okay, I have experienced a lot of things, you know, I have been in bliss for months, you know, and all that, and what's going to, what are you going to show me, right? Until eventually, of course, through grace and talking to to other people and some other events, you know, I realized, um, what am I doing? I really need to devote myself to it, you know, I really need to just be here with, with, with what's happening here, and and so I started to follow whatever the impulse was that was internally arising for me. When I, you know, if it if it meant to um, sing a song for Papaji, then I would do that. You know, if it meant to go to his house, then I would do that. If it meant to do whatever, whatever, you know. And the mind would come in and say, No, no, you can't do that. You know, and and just following that inner inner flow until at some point. Uh, I asked to sit close to him in satsang. And he let me come and sit by his chair where he was sitting. And and I was sitting there with my eyes closed, uh, uh, listening to what he was saying, you know. He was giving advice to, to, to a student and to a disciple. And I was really realizing internally, this is, uh, I can trust this, you know. This is true. What he's saying is really true. And so the moment that, you know, trust was there, uh, the moment I, the satsang ended and I walked out of there and I made some dinner plans to go somewhere out for dinner, uh, the fear of death arose. Mm. Very powerful fear. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in, this, sitting in this dinner, you know, and just kind of uh, still bracing myself against that. And then walking out on a street, Indian street, you know, and then three little Indian girls came up to me silently, wordlessly, and each gave me a little flower, you know, and that just broke my heart, and, and I realized I just have to go home and I have to sit, you know, I have to sit with it. So I went home and, and uh, I just sat, and that all happened very, very quickly, that fear arose, and with it there was the desire to run to Papaji and be at his feet, and then, you know, as I was sitting there with my, still seeing, you know, with my eyes, the, the room disappeared and the body disappeared. 
and then there was just simply nothing, you know, there was just, um, silence doesn't even describe that, right? It doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even touch that, so. Oh. Uh, Neelam, I wanted to ask you, uh, prior to uh, meeting Papaji, you mentioned, I read that you were, you studied theater, and then you did a lot of Tai Chi, uh, and then you were with Mother Mir, or, or, or would go to see her, and then you mentioned Gangaji. So these were teachers, this was, uh, during that period of time, uh, uh, obviously, you were a spiritual seeker where you were looking for, for spiritual growth. Uh, when, when you saw Papaji, how did that change? Uh, did, it, uh, did, it, uh, did you go from being curious about it to being a lifelong sort of uh, aspirant? I mean, uh, what was that transition like? Well, you? well, you know, I think the change was really much sooner than that, much earlier. Mm -hmm. The change happened much earlier because in the beginning... You know, like with the Tai Chi, I didn't even know that I was seeking, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that. You know, I knew there was something, and I knew there was this teacher that, you know, had, I looked at his videos, and I thought, wow, he knows something that I want to know. But I didn't really have the concept of it, luckily, you know, in a way. You know, in a way, I didn't have the concept of it or what it was. And then when I was, you know, studying with a, with a Tai Chi master in, in, in San Francisco, I also didn't uh, quite yet get it, you know what I mean, what it was. Until at some point I really went spontaneously into that awakening, what I call the awakening, the, or the process that leads to awakening, right? That's what I call it right now, you know, spontaneously. I will have these experiences of walking on the street and, suddenly seeing uh, people's past lives and their karma and different things, you know, and at first I thought, I don't know what that is. Am I going crazy or, you know, what's going on mm -hmm. here? And so that slowly drew me towards seeking more of a spiritual guidance, right? I started to, I was doing some Buddhist practice, you know. Uh, I was trying to find some guidance there. But very funny with the Buddhist practices because, I couldn't do any practice, you know. I will come, and they will give you these visualizations and you know visualizations and 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 practices and 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 I couldn't go there. I would just sit in bliss, you know. I couldn't. My mind wouldn't just move, you know. So that's how I realized. Well, this is not for me, you know. But mm -hmm. and so eventually, I was looking more for guidance. At this time, I already knew, you know, I'm seeking somebody who can help me understand what's happening, because it was happening spontaneously. It was happening already, right? I was just needing some, you know, reassurance. But that, you know, at first, whatever I found didn't quite, you know, didn't quite uh, resolve that until that desire for freedom arose, right? Until there was that clear desire that came at some point and said, I want to know what's beyond this, you see. I want to, you know, I don't want to just, you know, so, so, so at that moment, that's how I ended up seeing Gangaji and, and mm -hmm. later Papa, you know, so. Um, Neelam, may, how would you uh, briefly uh, summarize or uh, explain what difference Papaji made in this whole evolution and what has your experience been since then, you know, um, 
it, it's hard to speak because um, you know when you say um, evolution, it's it's you know there was a spontaneous movement towards truth going on in my life that I didn't understand for a while, right? And then at some point I started to understand it a little bit. But then meeting Papaji was like meeting an unmovable presence, right? You know, there was no way to go uh, past that. You know, the mind couldn't touch this, you see. Papaji was so solid in being here, you know, so extremely just here, that, you know, there was nowhere to go, right? There was just nowhere to go. And I remember you know, writing him a letter and saying, you know, here I am just sitting with one leg, one foot on the shore and one foot in the ocean, and I'm just, you know, kind of in between. And he said, you know, you're like a bubble, like a soap bubble, you know, all shiny, and it looks like something is going on, you know. But he said, but the truth is you are here for freedom, you see. You are here to know who you are. That's why you are here, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what really made the difference, you know what I mean? And also his unmovable presence, you know? I mean, just unmovable, you know? There was just, there was just nothing that the mind can attach itself to, you know, if, if you know what I mean. You know, there was nothing that the mind couldn't enter, you know? It was just like, uh, you know, either you surrender to it sooner or later, right? But there's mm-hmm. nothing else you can do, right? There's nothing else that can happen, so... Uh, Neelam, I wanted to ask you, uh, how, how do you define awakening? Can it be described in words, or is it purely experience? And what is the relationship of awakening to freedom? Well, you know, this is after this, you know, moment of awakening, which I call awakening now, you know, that moment mm-hmm. when the fear of death just burned through, and it burned through everything, though, the whole illusion, you know. And, and then, you know, eventually coming back to the sense of the body and the, you know, um, blissful experience in the body. And, and then eventually, you know, after some hours, writing it down uh, for Papaji and, and, and coming to satsang the next morning and, you know, walking into the satsang um, hall, suddenly realizing, you know, now everything arises in presence, right? Mm-hmm. As before, there was Neelam and Papaji and looking for something. You know, now everything arises in presence. Now there's Papaji and there's Satsang and there's Neelam and all of that arises in presence, right? So, so you know, I, thought, I, I often say awakening is like you walk with your fist closed and you walk out with your fist open, mm-hmm. right? But this is a, this is, it doesn't really show on the outside so much at first, right? Even though it does, of course, of course, right? But it's really an inner, just, just uh, you know, 180 change, you know? Just from, you know, the contraction to like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just here, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, so awakening, how I define awakening and how I define freedom, because this was, you know, obviously the change was unmistakable. Everything is one. Everything arises in presence. There is no separation, right? Mm-hmm. So, so even though we have all these experiences on the way that we can call awakenings, you know, and I can say in my own experience many different times, many different awakenings and realizations and all that, but but eventually, you know, there was this moment where there is that 
permanent shift from mm-hmm. knowing yourself as this body to knowing yourself as presence, right? And that's what I uh, call awakening now, you know, and there's that permanent shift, right? So we can assume then that uh, you have experienced this in a, in a permanent way, that it, it didn't go away, and your sense of yourself as uh, infinite um, and uh, more than um, the constrained identity of Nilam in a certain body has not left you. This, you know, this has never changed, right? Okay. This has always been the same from the moment of, you know, like as before, these were glimpses of that, right? right. There will be glimpses and there will be contraction and there will be glimpses and there will be contraction. Now, this is just the reality, right? This is the reality of my experience. Right? Okay. So now, and given that, um, a lot of people who, have, who teach in the name of non-duality um, make what we consider the sort of everyday life of separation and difference and uh, you being different from me and you having to deal with the stuff of your life and me having to deal with the stuff of my life, uh, make those sound um, illusory and unreal. And um, sometimes, in, from what I see, um, that can have a detrimental effect on, on people's uh, lives because uh, they, they become complacent or they tend to think of things as not real. How do you, given your perception of everything as one and, and non-separate, how do you deal with the stuff of what we call real life? And, right, and right, how do right. you help other people right. in that regard? Well, well, first of all, I make the distinction between awakening and freedom, right? Mm-hmm. And by awakening, I, what I already said, you know, permanent shift from knowing yourself as the body to knowing yourself as presence, right? Mm-hmm. And then freedom being a true independence from the past. And that means when we really don't act uh, or engage the tendencies that arise, right? Because awakening doesn't mean the end of tendencies, right? So, you know, so there is a, there is a difference there because, you know, and, and somewhere in a way, you know, on a way there, it's not a linear process, but there is awakening, embodiment, and freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the recognition of uh, the the presence is our true nature really has to penetrate through all conditioning, right? Sometimes that happens in the awakening moment. Very rarely it happens, but most of the time it doesn't, right? There's still past continues to arise, and and we have seen that. We have seen that, you know, people get identified with the awakened state, right? Rather than realizing that it's about being here, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, so you know, so to clarify this, um, you know, this question about your life, and you know, when, when people say, when, when, and I can't speak, I can't speak for other people, you know, what they say, right? But when I when I speak about it, you know, I speak about rather than saying this is not real, which of course it's true in a way, right? Of course, mm-hmm. you know. This is just, you know, a projection of the mind that arises, right? You know, life, right? But instead of saying this is not real, I say this is not permanent, Mm. right? Uh Good. 
Yeah. Uh, it's uh, not yeah. permanent, yeah. you know. It's, it's not something that is going to stay here forever. So we have to have that discrimination, right? Mm-hmm. And let me just say one more thing, though. And at the same time, if you are engaged in a moment in reactivity, then I would say it's real, you see. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, you know, you if you are engaged in reactivity and then you say this is not real, then I would say you are mm-hmm. in denial, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's I, in a moment there can be only two things. Either you are at rest in truth or you are suffering. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you are engaged with anything and you are in reactivity and you are believing yourself to be something, then you are suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why I speak about freedom, because mm-hmm. this needs to be seen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, these seeds, you know, these seeds would pull our attention eventually. Right, you right. know, they have the power to reincarnate, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm really interested in freedom. You see, mm-hmm. I'm interested in being here. I'm interested in where am I at? Am I at rest or am I suffering? That's mm-hmm. what I'm interested mm-hmm. in. Neil, along these lines, I wanted to get some clarification for you. I believe that Papaji sure, sure. taught, as his teacher taught, that the self with a capital S is already enlightened and free. And and yet yes, uh, yes, there is a, he's a teacher he's a guru his teacher was a teacher you're a teacher uh, what is the role of a teacher if and and I think this causes confusion amongst people and it causes confusion for me sometimes if you're already I've heard people say all right if if I'm already enlightened and free then uh, I'm in trouble because I don't feel that way uh, so what does that mean when you say somebody is already there. And then, why is a teaching necessary? Well, well, well uh, you're bringing up a lot of a lot of things all at once. So let's let's right. take it a little slower. So, okay. So when you say the self is already awake, that's true. You see. Okay. It's natural. Like if you right now, uh, uh, is this Philip speaking or or Dennis who is speaking? Mm-hmm. Who Dennis. is asking Dennis. the question? Dennis. 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 If you We're say, all one. If you, yeah. Okay, well, well, well uh, if you direct your attention here, if you direct your attention here towards presence right now, you mm-hmm. see, towards your true nature, uh, just take a moment and really, really do that, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. And in it, is there a question of awakening or not, you see? Mm-hmm. Right? Is there? Right. Tell me. Right, is yeah, there a I mean... Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Let's let's just take it slow. Let's take it okay. slow because I want this process to be clear for everybody. I'm not finished. Okay. But let's start. We we need to start with the foundation, right? So in this moment, when your attention is here at rest, is there a question of awakening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Would you say yes or no? Uh, yes. When, when you are at rest in your oh, when I'm at rest in myself, are, then I feel purely awake and and yes, exactly, I, I exactly, awake, exactly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So the true nature is already awake, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, it okay. is not I see always. What you're you, yeah, but it is not always your experience, right? Okay. And that's where the role of the teacher comes in, mm-hmm. right? Because the role of the teacher is what is a teacher? Teacher is the truth itself manifesting in the body and able to speak to you in your own language so you can understand and you can follow instructions, right? Mm-hmm. That's what a teacher is. So, so when there is this situation that you know truth, but it isn't really your experience, 
and that desire for freedom arises, that desire for freedom brings you to a teacher, which is somebody who has experienced that, right? Who knows that? Mm-hmm. And it's somebody who really is your own true self, but at first it appears on the outside because that's how we see things at first, right? And so you can speak to them on the outside, so to speak, and you can tell them your uh, questions and they can answer your questions Mm -hmm. and they can give you instructions on how to do things, right? Until you find that within yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then this distinction between the teacher and the student disappears. Uh Because really, it wasn't there in the first place. You know what I mean? Uh, But there was a need for that because not by, you know, on on your own, on its own, consciousness wasn't able to get it. It needed this this external uh, support, right? It needed this appearance on the outside to tell it Okay, this way. Go this way, honey. It's it's okay, you know. It's no problem. Just move this way, right? And so once we can do this, follow that, then we realize, you know, oh yeah, here we are, and that that really erases all distinctions, right? Mm-hmm. Very good, um, Neelam. You uh, conduct satsangs. I assume you also uh, meet with people privately or individually. Um, over the years you've been teaching, wh- how would you describe the a kind of people who find their way to you, and and what is um, what is your biggest uh, challenge in working with people? Well, how to describe people? That's very challenging, you know, because I'm I'm really just in the response to what is right. Yeah. So well, let me let me be more specific. You know, are okay, are people okay. coming to you who are new to the spiritual path, or do they tend to be people who have been around for a while and have tried different things? And then you know, it's you? both. It's really both. I have I have and have had students that are totally new. I have and have had students that are that have done it for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what what I find is missing, and that's maybe a piece that I'm bringing more you know, maybe than other teachers, I don't know, because I'm, you know, again, I can't speak for anybody else, but but this this piece that I find is missing, and that piece is of understanding, really, of what it means to be here, right? That we can have a concept of being here, we can have, you know, even a momentary experience of it, but as long as we don't have the capacity, we don't understand that we are in the human body for a reason. You know, there is the nervous system, there's the brain, there's <coughs> intellect, there's discrimination, you know. And we need that. And we need to be able to grow capacity in the nervous system, you know. I often work with people who have done things for a long time, you know. They have had a lot of spiritual experiences. And these spiritual experiences were powerful, amazing, but they didn't really sink in, you see. They didn't really make a difference in their daily life. In their daily life, they are so struggling. They, they, they are not awake, you know, and they are so struggling, right? And what I teach them, I teach them how to be here, you know. I teach them, okay, mm-hmm. what, what does it really mean, you know, f- physically, physiologically, how to train your attention? What do you need to do? How how can you recognize when past is present? You know, how can you how can you become aware of 
where your nervous system is at, you know. I teach them how to do it. I teach them inquiry. I teach them how to be present to the arising past, not just saying, you know, be here, but I'm giving them very clear instructions on how to do it, you know. How can you do that? Because if you can be present to the arising past, you can realize that everything is okay just the way it is, right? That you don't have to do anything, you know. And so that really brings people towards or to awakening, embodiment, and freedom. Neelam, uh, I had uh, one final question from you from my side, and I'll turn it over to Phil. But uh, we have a lot of people listening, and people are in different places in their life. And some people are going through a difficult times, suffering in their life, perhaps. What, what is your message to them, and how can they find out? Uh, and second question, how can they find out more about you and what you're offering? Well, my message to them is, you know, um, what is my message to them? There's so many things I could say, but, you know, um, my message is that, you know, we, we, we have to start where things are at first, right? It doesn't really matter, you know, what's happening, right? So often we are trying to figure out what to do, you know, Challenges are happening, suffering is here, we, we don't know which way to go, you know, and we're trying to figure it out, right? And I say, you know, th that figuring out, that doesn't really matter, or the judgment of it, it doesn't really matter, or the, you know, is it right, is it wrong, it doesn't really matter, right? What matters is that kind and generous attention towards what is, right? The moment we can turn our attention towards where where we are at, what's really here, right? That's the moment that we are starting to come into the present, right? And, you know, rather than trying, right, to be mm -hmm. somewhere or be different or for anything to change, or even when we look for awakening, you know, so often our looking for awakening is a mental concept. I want freedom. I want awakening. Uh, I want presence. But uh, thinking about it is just moving our attention away from what is, Right. And I encourage people to just be here with what is, you know. Just start where you are, you know. Because where you are, there's presence already, right? We just don't always mm -hmm. see it because mm -hmm. we are so engaged trying to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And where... So I would say... Uh -huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, ahead. and uh, your website uh, is neelam, I want to say, N-E-E-L-A-M dot org. We'll have that posted on our, our, our blog with our podcast. Sure, but, uh, sure. There's a, a wealth of information there on your website, and I think anybody interested that's been listening today, that's a great place to go to start to see, uh, learn more and to see what else you're offering. Sure, sure, of course. Yes. Yeah, I was going to close with that as well. There's a lot of information. You can see uh, videos of Neelam and hear her and um, find out her schedule. And... Um, she speaks four different languages, so uh, uh -huh. English is not, you're not limited to English. Uh -huh. um, and she travels a lot, so you can learn more about her at neelam.org. And um, Neelam, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to be with us. I'm sorry we had so much trouble connecting earlier, but we finally did it, and um, we're grateful that you took the time. Very thankful. Thank you Thank so you. much. Appreciate. Yes. Thank you so much. Wonderful nice having to you. Thank you. Be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.